0: Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host Shelby Shear here with...
1: Busy Shear.
0: Busy Jason Shear.
1: No, my name's Busy Shelby. Oh, you
0: change it legally?
1: Busy Phillips, Busy Shear.
0: All right, well, we'll all have to get used to that. I don't like
1: it, never mind. Call me Jason.
0: Okay, we're going back. We're going back. All right, we're here with Jason Shear, if you haven't met him. Uh, we are here to talk about many things tonight. We're calling it our super deluxe mega super
1: deluxe podcast. Mega. And if we win Powerball tomorrow, this will be our last podcast. I know,
0: you'll never hear from us again.
1: It's been real. We um, appreciate all of you.
0: Yeah. So we are going to talk about Arizona football.
1: If we won Powerball, how much do you think a good defense would cost?
0: Ooh. Uh, a we could bit probably more. get one
1: for like 10 milli. If, if I told you. That I could get you, Arizona, to 10-2 and every year by spending $10 million. For the next, like, 10 years, Arizona would go 10-2. and Would you do it?
0: Sure. We'll be boosters. Look at you. Come here right now. Do I get to be in the Sands Club every time? You are the Sands Club. Okay. Can we continue? Yes. We're here to talk about Arizona football and their loss last night. Um, Who did they play again? Utah. Utah, Utah, right. It was... It was so emotionally Look, is, devastating. I completely blacked it out. If
1: you're a real Arizona fan, this is how you approach Arizona football. They lose, boom, black it out, done. Done. Bart, they played who? What? I don't know what happened. So who?
0: Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about that, and then we do have a couple basketball games this week.
1: Oh, wow, because you just pulled up, yass. Yas! Yas
0: <laughs> queen. We're talking about basketball, and as I previewed on Twitter, we may be having a little discussion about maybe some places in Tucson. That we don't recommend. We're burning
1: bridges. We're
0: gonna no, we're not burning bridges. Oh, we're, we're we're keeping it real, as Dave Chappelle would say. We're
1: burning people. No.
0: No. Nope. We're also not we're Daenerys. We're burning the
1: midnight oil.
0: There we go. I, not really, but anyway. So that's what we're talking about. We're gonna start with Arizona football. Um, here we go. So before we dive into basketball, we skipped the football podcast out of depression. That's why we're doing it as a mega super podcast. Jason, overall thoughts on the game last night.
1: Not many, Shell. Gonna be honest with you. <laughs> usually I I'm usually I'm like oh, You're like a do.
0: fountain of thoughts.
1: Yeah, usually I'm like, let's do the podcast right now. Um, there's not much to say. I, I've always said that Air, always, probably. I've always said that Arizona, when you are a a bad football team or of bad elements, because I think Arizona's offense is is pretty good, but when you're not a very good football you're team You're not
0: a complete.
1: You can't afford to make mistakes. When you're on the road against a top, you know, soon to be 10 team in the country, you cannot make mistakes. When you're on the road against a soon to be top 10 team in the country, you cannot fumble seven times and lose four of them with a bad defense and expect to win the football game. Uh, That is what happened. Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying Arizona would have won without the fumbles, but it clearly would have been a much different football game. Um, you know early on late whatever it it wants so really it comes down to Arizona is not good enough to make multiple mistakes we've said before that the only way Arizona is going to win a football game the rest of the year is in the 45 to 42 type of range Um, you know maybe it'll be less with Washington State because their offense isn't very good but like if they're going to beat UCLA they're going to have to score 49 points ASU I'm pretty sure the over under is going to be 940 like no team is going to stop each other that game so Arizona's offense has to play well. When it doesn't, it pretty much looks like it did uh, against Utah.
0: Okay, Arizona had seven fumbles. That is seven, one more than six. Siete. And multiple mistakes. What do you attribute those to?
1: Well, Chevy, it was raining in Utah, but sometimes when it rains, it pours. (laughs) So. Um, Look, like, Jacob Cowing is clearly really good. He had a play where he went to go for the fumble or the punt, falling backwards with his head turned. Like, there was no chance anyone could have caught that, and yet he tried to catch that. Arizona had the fumbles. You had drop passes. You had, you know, mistakes that basically bad handoffs. Like, mistakes that we hadn't seen all season. And I do attribute some of it to the elements, you know, because Utah doesn't fumble a ton either, and I think they had three fumbles, and that's not you know normal for them so clearly the elements played a role but i think seven is a bit much to blame on the elements it was a a lack of focus you want to put coaching in there so be it whatever it may be um i i I don't think you could put it all in the rain i think you just have to put it towards you know i think part of it is is the utah defensive line got to arizona mentally because Jaden delore was basically running for his life every play and Arizona, at times, ran the ball actually pretty well. But when you're behind, you can't run as much as you want. But um, it was just kind of like a one mistake after another. And, you know, a lot of times if a game like that happens in basketball, you say just throw out the film. And uh, in football, it's a little bit different because the season's so short. But it was just one of those games. And, and you can't get away with it against a good team. And, you know, I'm not saying, again, the weather didn't cause Arizona to lose. It, it may have contributed to the mistakes. And, and Utah's a better team. But just want to just just one of them days
0: reminding again between the two of us for our predictions, who was closer in their prediction?
1: Uh, we were both pretty close. Shelby.
0: I was going to say, you're supposed you, to say I won.
1: You predicted 42 to 20 and I predicted 45 to 27.
0: And what was the actual
1: score? I think you won. You may have been closer by like two points. So you won if that's what you're There we go. For.
0: There yeah. it is. I almost wanted you to say that. Okay. Um, it was
1: 45 to 20. Perfect so
0: and i think i said 42.
1: right so you won by four points you were. Four it's like the three.
0: price is right okay you gotta get close i miss bob barker anyway wow. uh moving sure <laughs> <watching> over us <laughs> i know maybe he's floating over us uh, moving forward how pessimistic should we be and before you answer that question i do want to remind everybody uh we have arizona not we have won three games and last year we won one so By we already way, knew it, this was going to be hard. When
1: you said that, I thought Shelby and I, we sometimes go out on Saturdays before games or whatever. And we like to listen to football on the radio. And we were listening to the first quarter. We got home and watched of the but, Cardinals of the, no of the Georgia, Tennessee game. Oh my gosh. And the Georgia announcers were saying we, the on Georgia
0: announcers were saying like, we, we are driving. Yeah.
1: We just gained four yards. And you didn't even know the player because they just kept saying we, and I can't like,
0: believe we just dropped that ball. Yeah,
1: like I can't believe we're playing this well. And it's like, we we're not doing anything. Y'all are in the, the press. Box. So we just
0: wanted to point out Brian Jeffries and Jason has always said, this is the best in the game. We are. Extremely lucky as Arizona fans to have Brian Jeffries. He calls games so well, and he maintains neutrality. (laughs) Obviously, Lamont's in the background screaming and like whatever. Years ago,
1: Ben White and I drove to UCLA, and we were listening to other games. And it was I hope I hope he's still alive. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but the Penn State guy like didn't even know what he like his own players because he was old and like it's like okay, you don't tell guys like that to retire, but. We were dying. Like you have, you would have no idea. Like no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Tackle by number 45. And there's no number forty-five. And it was Brian Jeffries. I'm not saying this to kiss his ass. Um, he is the best in the game. He really is.
0: Yeah, he's pretty incredible. And obviously, when Arizona gets a touchdown, he's. You can tell he's the Arizona broadcaster. But he's not. He never says us and we. He's always very clear who's, who's on the field and calls plays very clean. So kudos to you, Brian Jeffries, unexpectedly.
1: But if I win Powerball, I'm taking your job, Brian, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no. But anyway, how pessimistic. It's hard to tell because how many teams in the Pac-12 would have a good record in this stretch of games that Arizona's had with Oregon, UW, U- USC, Utah, and now UCLA? Like Stanford wouldn't be good in it, ASU wouldn't be good in it, Colorado wouldn't be good in it, Oregon State just lost to UW, would they beat the other teams? I don't think so. Like the, the run is pretty clearly difficult. And the problem is that it's not getting easier. Now Washington State is clearly an easier game at home and then ASU on paper is an easier game. It's a rivalry, who the hell knows. But it's hard to decipher if Arizona like where they are because the schedule is so ridiculous and it'll ease up next year which doesn't do anything for this year but look i i think arizona's offense especially in these next final three games are going to put arizona in a position to win uh i stand resolute i put my predictions out there and i take the heat if there's heat i think saturday's game is going to be closer than people expect mostly because i think ucla is already talking about usc and vice versa so Mm -hmm. UCLA plays USC the week after Arizona. Right. So I just think, eight, you know, late kickoff, all that, the focus, whatever, I think that could help Arizona. And then I just don't think Washington State's as good as other people do. I don't care about the Stanford score. I think you have to score to beat Arizona, and I don't think Washington State is is that good offensively, even against Arizona's bad defense. But, you know, I, I think we're going to find a lot about this team. I, I'm not of the belief. I saw some people wondering if Jet Fish has lost the team or anything. I, I don't think that at all. Um, you know, I think it's really obvious, like coming someone you knew they had to give it up, right? Like you just knew it. Um, but you know, it, it it's, it's hard. Like, should you be pessimistic? Sure. If you, you know, look, it, I, I get the Arizona fans saying, you know, it's all, it all comes down to the territorial cup. Again, I think Arizona is going to beat Washington state. I don't think it all comes down to the territorial cup. I, I think there's other games on the schedule. I understand the pessimism, but at the same time, there's still flashes. There's young guys playing. Um, if you want to be negative, I get it. But I, I, I think it would be kind of foolish to say there's no positives whatsoever right now because there is. The offense, despite not playing well against Utah, is clearly a, a very good offense most of the time.
0: Right. And again, I mean, this is Jedfish Fish year two. Do so we right. get frustrated? Uh, around year four, if we were in the same position, yeah. Well,
1: it's it's always funny because like people be like, "Man, you like look what Jonathan Smith has done with Oregon State."
0: Who? What did he inherit? And it, it,
1: well, no, no. If you're one of those people that loves Jonathan Smith, and I get it, he's a good coach. Why don't you go look up what year he's in? Like this is year five. Like it's this is in his first two years, Oregon State was not good. So if you're complaining about fish in year two, you are completely ignorant. Uh, to, the, to, to what someone did. And I always say this when I'm like on radio in preseason, um, when they're asking me about Arizona, I said, I don't, and even during the season, I don't think the casual observer understands where this program was when Jed Fish took over. I don't think people fully understand. He rebuilt the offense. The defense is going to take time. Now, if the defense isn't improved next year and you want to be upset, I completely get it. I don't think it's going to be good. I think that's asking a lot but I think it, it has to be improved. And then you go two years from now, you say, okay, now it needs to be a, a solid defense. And, and I think that's a realistic goal. I think Jed Fitch clearly knows how to build an offense and all that. But um, you know, overall, if, if you're pessimistic about the future, I don't really get it. If you're pessimistic about the rest of the season, I could buy part of it, I guess.
0: Nobody likes losing over and over. That's that's sucks. some people
1: do. What is it called when they do? <sighs>
0: I guess masochistic. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I think Arizona has a win, maybe two. We'll see. We're we're staying home for the ASU game. Specifically, obviously, we want to see Arizona play ASU here.
1: Over under Shelby fights one and a half. Broken bathroom doors. You're lucky I'll be in
0: the. You're lucky I'll be in the bathroom. Or wait, what?
1: Yeah, you're lucky Shelby. You're lucky I will
0: be in the press box, uh, and not at in the crowd. I'm
1: literally locking you in the bathroom. Okay, just you're gonna have to break so many doors to get out.
0: Okay, we'll find out what. Are you the only
1: woman that uses the press box bathrooms? No, there's There's like three other girls. There's three other girls. Yeah,
0: but there are more that use it than when we were in San Diego because I was the only girl up there. Well, that's
1: also because people were fainting it was the exhaustion. worst
0: did you also sidebar did you see that they lowered the prices and yeah i put that on and...
1: twitter and i said for no particular <laughs> reason i'm just gonna leave the fact that they discounted all seats and someone's like well stanford's giving them out for free it's like well stanford's worth a bajillion dollars they could give out all football tickets for free but i get it i think it's funny new yeah. stadium san diego state but to be fair to san diego state i said when we went to buy tickets for the kids and you at first for the san diego state game I said the prices were stupid mm-hmm. for Arizona versus a Mountain West team. And the AD basically admitted that they completely overpriced, overpriced the tickets and now they're kind of making up for it. The tickets were like 160 bucks.
0: Yeah, it was like a really hot ticket at the time. Like, what are you doing? Um, all right. Well, put away football. We're done with that for now. Um boop, boop, boop. it's basketball time. Basketball. Hanging with
1: Mr. Cooper.
0: Um, Arizona takes on Nichols.
1: No. Okay. Nickels. Pop. We're gonna pause it right there. Monday. I've been calling it Nickel State.
0: You've been saying nickel.
1: I've been saying nickel. Then it was Nickel State. Mike, Luke said nickel. So in their game notes, there's like a half a page bold letter. They are not Nickels State. They are Nickels. That's it. Okay.
0: Arizona takes on Nickels. They're
1: called Nickels because there's no dimes on campus.
0: But (laughs) give me that. Oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> um, Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S, if you were interested in the proper spelling. It has nothing to do with currency, and they are playing Arizona on Monday night. Tommy Lloyd said it wasn't a normal opener. Why is that?
1: He said it was more difficult than a normal opener because of the way that they defend. We'll get to it in a bit, but he basically... I mean he didn't say arizona is going to lose this game or imply that it's going to be close There's a
0: challenge but he
1: said it would basically be more of a challenge because they're well coached by the way their coach is 32 years old i believe wow. he's the second youngest coach in the country behind drew valentine um so i'm older than their coach which is depressing in a way but uh they have a system they run their system and, um, their defense is a high pressure defense with freshmen and didn't see in high school international players. will see, but it, it, it basically, Tommy said, look, we're, you know, he didn't say we're better than them, but Arizona is a better team clearly, but the system could pose some fits early on. And he said something interesting. He basically said, we're going to see how the freshmen deal with it and if they don't deal with it. Well, then they're not going to play as much <laughs> like that's how it is. I'm not just playing dudes to play them."
0: Okay. Well, what are you looking for in this game? Specifically from Arizona's side of things.
1: Yeah, so last game, uh, my guy Brian Peterson had a piece of flatbread.
0: I saw him walking with that. And it,
1: it looked pretty good at the basketball at McHale, so I might try one of those.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: from the basketball point of view, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that nickel Nichols, Nichols is not a big team. There. So what, what I want to see is I'm of the belief that, especially in college sports, if you have a strength, You use it as much as possible. And Arizona has a major advantage in size, uh, inside. Inside, there's going to be a a huge height, size, weight disadvantage for Nichols. I wanna see Arizona just absolutely dominate Nichols up front. Annihilation. Yeah, I want it to be where Nichols is gonna try to go smaller because that's just how their roster's built. They're gonna try to get the big guys running. I want to see guys like Zoo and Umar, et cetera, respond to that and and just kind of push them off the court to the point where Nichols can't do anything about it because of their lack of size compared to Arizona's size. Uh, I want to see how Cedric Henderson responds to being in the starting lineup. Courtney Ramey suspended for three games because of the, he played in the Portsmouth Invitational, played three games, so he suspended for three games. I know some people missed that. Um, Tommy Lloyd on Sunday said that Cedric Henderson would be starting with the demo, probably the first guy off the bench. I'm going to see Cedric Henderson in that bigger role, starting in Mikhail. How does he react? And then, of course, you're always curious, how many minutes is Boswell going to play in a game like this? But, you know, like I kind of just said, I am curious. It is absolutely a high-pressure defense that they're going to play. They don't play a gap defense. I want to see how Boswell, Vesar, etc., handle this kind of defense.
0: Well, on that thread, Nichols does have some talent. What players should Arizona fans keep an eye on?
1: Yeah, so there's a a few guys. So uh, Nichols returns two starters from last year's Southland Championship team. They won their conference last year. Uh, Latrell Jones and Pierce Spencer. Jones was all-league third team selection. Spencer and then uh, Manny Littles up front were preseason honorees, so they have three guys on the preseason teams. Uh, Latrell Jones is probably their best scorer. He was third on the team in scoring last season at 12, So, he, but he's the top returning scorer, had 10 straight double-digit scoring efforts, and then actually they played Purdue last season, and he had 18 points, so he's capable. Uh, Manny Littles is their best rebounder, but again, like this goes back to what I was saying, Shell. Mm-hmm. Their best rebounder is 6'7", 215. So <laughs> their best rebounder is the size of Pella, basically, it, pr- smaller. Uh, but he had eight rebounds, the most double-doubles on this team, with six, finished the season with double-doubles with against Oregon State and Purdue. Uh, Pierce Spencer is another guy. Nine points, five rebounds, first year as a starter. Probably their best defensive player. Had over 40 steals. And then another guy I'm curious about is Josh LeBlanc. So Josh LeBlanc was recruited by quite a few schools, if you remember that name. Uh, started at LSU. Then he went to UAB, and now he's at Nichols. He's 6'7", 230. I would expect him to start up front. Um, you know, solid rebounder, pretty athletic, not a great score, but a capable score. But again, there's talent. But if you notice, like it's 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", those are their big guys. And so Josh LeBlanc is one of their bigger guys up front at 6'7", 230. But, um, you know, they have a few others, but um, that's, that's probably the, the individual personnel. And I hope you're taking notes.
0: I took so many notes. Handwritten. I will
1: say this. Like, I just found out pretty much Bickle's starting lineup earlier today and i i know Nichols i look up stats and stuff but it is like last year we didn't do podcasts for basketball early in the season because it was like jason break down Siena high school but you know we're going to the streets and it may be a little shorter sometimes like today you know 10 minutes on basketball but we will break down every damn game shelby
0: every damn game edg edg that's our new thing that's my gang name that's is that up there with always be planning.
1: Always be planning. A, EBG? A, ABP? ABP. You're down with OPP. <laughs> you know me. Uh,
0: what type of style does Nichols play? I'm
1: glad you asked, Shelby. You're welcome. So Nichols has five transfers. My man my man goes to the transfer portal quite a bit. Last season, they were 51st in tempo. They are going to play fast, um, but not very efficient. They had the 16th highest average possession length on Ken Palm last season. Now, again, you can only compare so much to last season. Like I said before, last season's third best scorer is this year's first best scorer. But last year, they were awful, awful free throw shooting team. Not a good three-point shooting team. Not a type of team that is like Arizona that is going to get their buckets off passing. A lot of it is one-on-one stuff. But they are very good in transition. Uh, they're not going, you know, I don't know what their game plan is going to be. The last year's team wouldn't have come in and shot a lot of threes. Uh, they have a high block and steal rate. The biggest challenge for them is they're going to try to force Arizona, especially the bigs, to turn the ball over. And that's something that Tommy warned about, is the bigs are going to be really challenged in this game. They take a lot of swipes. They try to go for blo- a lot of block shots. It is a very, very aggressive defense because they want to get out in transition and try to get their buckets that way. If Arizona... So there's two, there's two things. If Arizona doesn't turn the ball over or an opponent for Nichols doesn't turn the ball over, you're in pretty good shape. but um, their aggressive defense, like last year against Purdue, uh, it can lead to some very high scoring games. So it, it, they're aggressive on defense. they're not a major three-point shooter, which is usually their recipe for an upset, but they play their style and, and they they do it very well. They, they won their conference last year. they're picked a second, I believe by a few points a few points away from first. To, so they were picked second in their conference this year.
0: All right. So. Not too shabby. Uh, what is your prediction?
1: So, you know, I was talking with someone today at the Tommy press conference, which was neat. It was like five minutes long, but in a good way. And a lot of times when you play this style, there's two things that can happen. So they're, they're, obviously they're not as big of a team. If they come in and they shoot threes, which probably isn't in their DNA, and they're missing, Arizona's getting like every rebound in this game. They're not rebounding it, Nichols isn't rebounding the ball. So that means that you could very quickly have a complete blowout. If Nichols comes in and they're hitting shots and Arizona's turning the ball over, um, that's when you know the game is maybe closer than it should be. I, I just don't think like to Nichols is basically one and done in this game because they're rebounding. Arizona theoretically should kill them on the glass. And because of that, um, I just don't see this being one of those scary games. I think Arizona probably wins by 25, let's call it, you know, 85 to 60. I think, you know, maybe Nichols scores a little bit more, but it's, it's not the type of game where I think it's, it's close, you know, if in, in it has major blowout potential. Nichols would have to have everything go right, and Arizona would have to have quite a bit go wrong for this to be a close game.
0: All right. It sounds pretty fair. I like it.
1: I'm glad you like it. I live to make you happy, Shelby. Thank
0: you, as, as do we all right? I think so. Uh, Most people. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, that kind of concludes the sports side of things. Shelby's
1: very excited for this next segment. She said, Jason, I love you. You're a gorgeous man. Everything about you is perfect. And because I wake up so happy each day to be next to you, will you give me one segment on this podcast? And I said, Shelby, (laughs) if you ask that way, how, who am I to say no?
0: It's incredible that you were able to memorize that speech that I said to you earlier today.
1: word for word You're everything you sing me that song You're yeah. everything I Or am.
0: we could have gone this morning to go to Bubby's Bagels
1: everything and am. we
0: pass by a restaurant that we do not go to and I was struck by the thought of you know both of us give out recommendations all the time. We have had a, a pretty comprehensive list on the message
1: boards. We eat out a lot. Um, we we're do busy eat out. People.
0: We're busy people, and we also enjoy it. And I know, you know, I, we have been making an effort to eat in more. I like to cook, um, but sometimes it's just not feasible. And we do have our favorites. Um, we're happy to share those.
1: There's currently someone setting off grenades and revving their engine outside. I'm pretty. Yeah, sure. I'm kind of stalling for <laughs> time until that car goes by. That's what trouble is. Um, you're a big explosion. Don't worry. So I don't.
0: So anyway, so the idea kind of came to me this morning. And then we kind of expanded on it it's not a huge list it's it's fairly small list
1: and if you're listening to this and you're the owner of any of these places feel free to reach out to us Uh, mostly shelby that's s-h-e-l-b-y it's
0: miss shelby k it's
1: shelby k on twitter Twitter
0: and instagram um okay look so i'm prefacing this with these are our preferences
1: Also shows a new email, restaurantbitch at gmail.com. Smoke <laughs> it. I'm, <not kidding. laughs> um,
0: I'm friendly with a lot of chefs in town, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for supporting local. Humble bread. I will go the extra mile for any restaurant, any time. Um, but these restaurants that we don't recommend, because I feel like we're doing a service, maybe. I don't know. Um, we just don't go to them anymore because of bad experiences or just... I have a category that you know it's just kind of like multiple bad experiences. Multiple bad one, experiences. we might
1: give a choice. The only place I remember that I had such a bad experience that we were like we're never coming back was the Elvira's that went downtown.
0: Yeah, and it's closed now. And but it's the, closed now because they took the, the Elvira. Elvira's, not Elvira. Not yeah, Elvira. Elvira's, the one downtown, we had eaten there several times. Didn't have great experience, even though I know. The chef. We ate the
1: one in Tubac. Which the one in said, Tubac,
0: the original one, ate the is incredible. We went downtown
1: only once and it was so bad that I, I, yeah. I put my Shelby, you're the woman. I'm the man. I'm making a decision here. Oh,
0: yeah. That's what happened. Anyway, Elvitas and Tubac, we, we salute you. You're still delicious. Um, So, anyway, we don't have a huge list, but I wanted to go over this because people ask us all the time.
1: Also, before Shelby gets started, I want you guys to know for future reference this time of year, the next two months, she she basically makes a lot of lists. It's like Christmas time, so. I like lists. Shelby's all about lists. She's smiling. She (laughs) knows it too.
0: Um, Okay, so the reason why I was inspired when we went by Bubby's Bagels this morning on River and the thing that kind of sparked this whole idea is that we do not eat, and this is not local, by the way, we don't eat at P.F. Chang's anymore. Um, It's a big chain. You can eat at P.F. Chang's anywhere, but the service can be slow. The food is not that memorable for the price. And we've eaten there multiple times and just kind of had like a milk with toast experience where it was kind of the like- prices
1: keep going up. We just
0: spent a whole bunch of money and I, I'm so hungry or I didn't like what I had. I've sent food back there. So it's not a, bad, a huge deal, but if you don't or want don't want to go to PF Chains, we recommend now,
1: sorry.
0: going to Golden Dragon on Oracle's, Lin Nam on Ina, and we do like Jules Noodle Kitchen um, kind of on the east side on Speedway, right? Yeah, Speedway? And our other place that we strongly recommend—it's not necessarily straight-up Chinese food—but we love Noodleholics.
1: One of the reasons we don't go to P.F. Chang's, let's see if Shelby gives me a dirty look for telling the story, is Shelby was, she, Shelby was pregnant with our first child, and we went to Pei Wei, which is owned by P.F. Chang's, and we went to the one. Now we we actually go to the one on Oracle and Ina still, but we, we went never to had the a problem with that one on the east side.
0: <laughs> You're not going to believe this story. And
1: Shelby's, my pregnant, beautiful wife, is, is chewing a, a pot sticker, And she goes, something's... There's, like, mint in here or something. I go, no, there's not. And she pulls the pot sticker <laughs> away from her mouth. And um, basically the story that we got was that the chef was chewing gum and his gum fell out of his mouth.
0: Into the filling. Into the filling. <laughs> and I Shelby ate it.
1: Shelby ate, cooked, chewed up, chef... Bubble gum. Mint gum. Mint gum. And... Um, I know a lot of people on this podcast like think I'm a co- quiet, shy guy. But your boy lost his mind. I threatened to take down everyone with me. They had to like, kick me out of the restaurant. We
0: got so many gift cards. We
1: got a lawyer. The lawyer's like, look, you're probably not going to win in court, but let's see what we can do. They sent us like $1,000 to P.F. Chang's.
0: And so we ate P.F. Chang's for a long time. And
1: then we haven't ate since. So but we also like did have to pay
0: step. our own money. But we've had I've been to P.F. Chang's other times and it was kind of like a, a middle of the road experience and it was expensive. So I, that's what inspired this whole conversation. So I gave some recommendations instead of PF Chang's, but um, this is where we're gonna get into maybe some controversy. But <laughs> Jason and I stand behind this 100%. Again, this is our experience, but we will never recommend Caruso's on 4th Avenue. And, and I know that it's a legacy location in Tucson, it's some place where people have a lot of memories. It's historical. I super get it. Um, but just personally, we don't recommend Crusoe's. I, I haven't eaten there since I, I was a kid. I had a really terrible experience with both of my parents there. And, and it was, I know that sounds so petty, but it was a long time ago and it was so traumatizing. I can't even like look at the place without being like very upset by like. The experience that we had um when i was a kid and both of my parents and my dad's very mild-mannered my dad was like so upset yelling like it was bad the food was bad my mom got food poison it was terrible so alternately um when i met jason and he's and i said jokingly we drove by fourth avenue and i said we're never eating at caruso's he's like you're right we're never eating at caruso's because
1: i that was one of the first restaurants i ate at when i moved here and I still remember how bad it was. And look.
0: It could have changed. I, I could
1: have changed. But at the end of the day, I've had bad meals there. And then there's there's quite a few Italian restaurants, like Michelangelo's, Tavolino's. Well,
0: I was going to say. Vivace's,
1: insti- Gabby's. Like, there's so many other Italian restaurants in town that.
0: It's hard for us to justify, like, hey, let's go spend. Locale is awesome now. A whole bunch. So I have that list. Thanks for. You're welcome, Chubby. So Jason said Vivace, Tavolino, Locale. But also try Roma Imports and Rocco's.
1: The place by campus is good, too, that we ate up for the first time. Nudies. Nudies. We really like nudies
0: where Bentleys used to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, Caruso's, some people really like it. There's only Um, one
1: Caruso, and it's the one that was on CSI. Yes. you met. Shelby met him at David Caruso at Brent's Deli.
0: Wow. In L.A., not Tucson. Doesn't matter, though. Brent's Deli. Anyway.
1: The people know. The streets know. The streets know. So,
0: anyway, that's just our thoughts on Caruso's. Take it or leave it. And then another one where we had just a complete meltdown disaster of a dinner. Some people know the story because it was Jason's mother's birthday. Um, his mom, Tina, was at Zinberger on River, which is obviously where we were today too, next to Bubby's. But it was overall, we, we had been having not great service, but this was like the culmination of like several times of going to that Zinberger. The service at that one is just historically not great. And, and, and then when you couple that with someone's birthday and you have a waitress who doesn't care about, you know, bringing people drinks, really taking the order, checking on the order. We waited forever. Oh, your mother ordered a salad. They and forgot she had three ingredients. They forgot like they I, had seven ingredients. They didn't put four ingredients in it. I,
1: I will say shout out to the owner. But that yes, specific location. They fixed it. Called me right away after I tweeted about it and gave us a full free meal.
0: In the restaurant the, group.
1: At, at Wildflower, which was super nice. I also For your birthday. Like, I'm really weird with food that I eat out. Like I always think to myself, can I make it better than this? And I think I make a really good hamburger. <laughs> so it's like, do I want to spend $17 on a hamburger? Or do I just want to grill them at home? And the Zimburger on Grant, like on the inside, is, is good. We just haven't been back to the one And just here.
0: again, the restaurant group did fix it as far as like giving us a new experience. But that Zimburger, we probably will never eat out again. So we just kind of, we kind of have to take the experience and and just do better uh, next time. Um, And then we have another one, but, you know, just touch on Mosaic Cafe. Jason had a pretty bad experience. We we all did. I tried to take
1: Shelby there for our first date and it was crowded. That was four years ago. And then
0: we went with friends. We went
1: with friends and my food was literally raw.
0: Jason's, yeah, food was raw. I think kitchen
1: burned down now, too. I think it... Shelby was so mad. Magic- no, I'm kidding. It, I, I didn't do that.
0: It <laughs> happened, like, a week ago. Anyway, unfortunately, that's, that happened to Mosaic Cafe. We just don't choose to eat there because there's so many other Mexican restaurants in Tucson, obviously, that everyone can enjoy. And we have a great list of those. You can find those on the, um, I don't know, somewhere on the message board. That list lives somewhere, right? Yeah, I got it. Um. Also, something else to touch on is, like, no one really eats at Gentle Ben's, you know. You just go to drink and hang out. Gentle Ben's doesn't have great food, but we, you know, we've been there before.
1: Shelby and I have a super hot take. We do. We think Guadalajara sucks.
0: Guadalajara Grill—it's hard to justify. Again, there are so many other. Their salsa good. And
1: margaritas are bomb.
0: So this, the the tableside salsa, incredible. But um, you know, get a drink there, cool. But I've never enjoyed their food personally, and yet they. The owners own calle Tepa, which is a great restaurant on the east side. We like to go to Calle Tepa.
1: I I haven't ate at Guadalajara since Kevin O'Neill drunkenly drove me there. So
0: yeah, it's just hard. There's so many other really really great Mexican restaurants, and you have to ask yourself if you're gonna bring someone f- to a restaurant from out of town. Like the classic one is El Charro downtown. Like that's the oldest Mexican restaurant in the country. They invented the chimichanga. The Flores family is amazing. Um, but Guadalajara Grill, that style of Mexican food, I just got tired of always not being super satisfied with a meal there, that we just stopped eating there.
1: And living with me, Shelby's always satisfied. So when something does not satisfy her, it, it's a big deal, right Pip?
0: Also, <laughs> I can make my own Mexican food. Wow. So I have to also ask myself, can I make this better <laughs> than Guadalajara Grill and just keep ignoring Jason for being a, a nerd. <laughs> Um, and then there's one that Jason's very passionate about. The last one is, uh, is Sace in Oro Valley. Yeah, that place.
1: We went to that place for like a, a dead flies all over the place. They shut the line down because they couldn't make the food fast enough. And we waited like 20 minutes just standing there, even though there are multiple tables. And the manager got me, an
0: attitude with us when we pointed it out. Like the yeah. staff was rude.
1: My dad, they kicked my dad. Yeah, but yeah <laughs> Jason's
0: dad almost got kicked out.
1: But again, like I'll say this, it's similar to other restaurants. The one at the Mercado and the one on River are awesome. One of the best things that we do every weekend is, you know, the line's always long, but we go to the Mercado and go to La Estrella and get pressed a coffee. But if the line isn't insane. We'll go and get Sace, too, because it's, it's really good.
0: Yeah, we'll get Sace. We'll share a burrito. I like to get the Pizzole in the winter. The breakfast winter. burritos
1: are awesome. It's just the one on Oracle up in Oro Valley.
0: We don't uh, know why. Just different management or and what. And it's weird because
1: even if you go to Yelp, it's got like three stars, and then like the other ones are all like four or five. It's yeah, weird.
0: so those are just kind of not a huge list, you know, touching on things. We, we I don't want to be negative, and, you know, we did try to recommend other things. But we did come up. Here's our magic thing. Our top five tucson restaurants and three of them we share the same ones without really talking to each other so with no particular order we both have ginza sushi on our list what was the other one <laughs> we, had, we had five we had this whole thing planned out ginza
1: Icky you. Icky you we've been going there forever forever for the it was Ginza, Icky and Daisy Mays.
0: Daisy Mays Steakhouse. Those are our three that we share. And
1: by campus, I love... What's the name? I don't it's even know the Selena name. It's
0: right? Salvadoran. That
1: place is awesome. I love a good pupusa. And then my other one was actually a food truck that's down the street called Taco Rico.
0: Taco Rico is really, really good.
1: Good people. And
0: my other two are Frankie's Cheese Steaks and...
1: Totos, was it? And
0: Taco Totos in Barrio Hollywood. Yeah. Those are our top five all-around... Not that we don't like other places. We can have a top five list for every single like category like the Tucson Weekly if we wanted to. But like those are the places that we actually frequent quite a bit because we really like them. Daisy Mays is not like an everyday place, but of all the steakhouses, we really it, it also, puts itself up against anybody.
1: The wings at Daisy Mays are amazing. If you've only had steak there, the wings are bomb.
0: And they have good drinks. They're just it's Daisy Mays is great. So Super Deluxe podcast. We talked about it. Super. We did it. We'll probably get some flack or heat from it, but you know we'll press on and keep representing Tucson. And you know, hopefully, no one's super mad at us.
1: Now we're gonna go get boba. Yeah, we're gonna go get boba. That's how we tea. Roll. Thanks Where for we... joining us, everyone. We go to
0: we go to Ding Tea. Yeah. On Speedway.
1: Word up! Don't stalk me. Bear down. Now Shelby will also rank her favorite husbands. Go Shelby.
0: Um. Number one.
1: Okay, how about this? Favorite radio house locally. Ooh, that's even. It can't be rich because he got fired. <laughs> oh, shit. The-